the fucking intro, I'm in a fucking mood. I'm in no mood to fuck about with, ooh, Patreon, oh, do what? Fuck it. If you could be fucking bothered to support me, thank you very much. If you can't, listen to the free shit. As long as you're getting something out of it, who gives a living fuck? Yeah, so, news. What's been going on? Should we have some of that? Can I be asked? This first news story does my fucking brain in. I am... Do you know what? I'm not going to make... I'm not going to say anything about this or preface it with what it might be like or... No. I will, however, have a picture of this fucking cunt, Staines Aaron Lewis, who every time he opens his mouth becomes a bigger cunt and I don't know how that's fucking possible for somebody who's a massive cunt to start with and yes there's a lot of cunt in this and if you've got a problem with that you can fuck off as well because there's more important things in the world to be upset by and to be annoyed by and to be offended by than fucking words you velvet-eared cunt hey have you seen what's happening in Israel and Gaza? Ooh, would you find the word cunt offensive? Just, be, just imagine how lucky you must be that that is something that bothers you. You fucking self-obsessed cunt. I, I might be talking to myself, actually. Staines Aaron Lewis catches flack for spelling out Trump 24 using 32 dead coyotes. Who has that idea in the first place? I'll tell you, cunts! I mean, there is no story there. No story. He is just a cunt. Successful morning in Texas. Pre-sale for, I mean, you know, just going on about his fucking pre-sale. <sighs> Great comment, though. Those, coyote, those coyotes aren't nearly as dead as your career has been for the last 20 years. Somebody wrote. I do... It's just fucking sociopathic behaviour. Um, what an absolute fucking dick. And by the way, yeah, you will see that picture because I will post it. And um, I, I I just kind of couldn't believe it when I, I was like, nah. Then you, the sto- And that's the story. What a cunt. Um, watch Pro Shop video of Metallica performing one at Power Trip Festival. Right, hands up in the room. Admittedly, it's only me, but let's pretend you're all here as well. Hands up in the room. Who needs to see video of Metallica playing one again? Anyone? No, I thought not. No one. Brilliant. Not fucking news. Pro shot. I mean, is that supposed to get us excited? Are we supposed to... Oh, is it pro shot? Oh, well, in that case, I'm going to fucking watch, aren't I? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, you know, personally, um, you know, if it's filmed, no matter how good a quality is, if it's filmed by somebody in the crowd, uh, yeah, I just can't watch it. Yeah, I I find it repulsive. Oh, it's professionally filmed. Oh, oh, I'm in then. Fuck off. Absolutely pathetic, isn't it? Oh, here's here's another song you've seen a billion times and we're going to show a fucking video of it. Who fucking cares? Um, this is a great sport story. Spotify might demonetize less popular artists entirely. Yeah. That I, now, do you know what? I'm not going to. I. I'm not going to read the article for fear I may snap my laptop. Okay, but I will. I will put a link to it in the podcast description. It'd be great if some of you could fucking click it instead of messaging me going, oh, how do I get to that store? You just fucking, yeah, brain, engage it. I'm sure everything will be fine. Um, (laughs) Yes, I'm being an exceptional cunt today. So fucking what? You should be used to it by now. This has been happening every fortnight. 
bring it on. Who's next for a good kicking? Corey Taylor, basically banging on about how they don't have Taylor Swift money. And well, not banging on about it, actually. He's just basically said, we're not going to have Taylor Swift money. But he says, basically, uh, well, he says they don't make a lot of money. It's all relative, really, isn't it? Um, and he said, uh, Slipknot are upper middle class in terms of their earnings. Yeah, OK, fair enough. And, and that sounds about right. Do bear in mind how many of them there are. Although, methinks they are not giving huge chunks of cash to people who haven't been, you know, to uh, to members who've replaced legacy members. Oh, there's that word again. Fucking whatever. Anyway, you know what they say? It's better to burn out than fade away. And um, fuck, I'm knackered. I really am. <laughs> Put everything into that. So... <laughs> Um, I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed doing this next interview. It is on our YouTube channel. Our, what the fuck? My podcast, YouTube, it's Talking Bollocks. Find it or don't. If you haven't found it by now, fuck off. Not interested. Don't bother. Yeah, just don't bother. (laughs) So, go on, listen to the interview. This is awesome. I really enjoyed this. This is with Igor, um, who is Max's son. And um, he's on a tour bus at the time. We were having a... We, we, we just had a really, really good chat, as you're going to hear. Um, and I'm really, really enjoying uh, the Go Ahead and Die album. I really am. Um, it's... I mean, the first album I I did enjoy, but it, it, it wasn't a stayer, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, well, hopefully you know what I mean. But this, no, I'm, I am, I'm, yeah, and I'm getting into it more and more, which is a bit strange because, well, it's not, it's not strange. It's not strange. It's a bit good. That's all. It's just, it's caught me by a bit of a surprise and I'm really enjoying it. It's called Unhealthy. And um, yeah, you, I, I, if you haven't heard it, by the time you've finished Ego, it's finished hearing Igor talk about it. Um, I think you'll be more than um, more than sensible to check it out. And please do. Hope you enjoy this. This is Igor and I having a chat. Not very long ago. Uh, we're in Southern, Southern California, driving across the desert right now. <laughs> oh man! So who are you um who are you on tour with? Uh, Cavalier Conspiracy. We're doing the. Uh, Morbid visions and bestial devastation records. I had the uh, the pre-releases of those. I didn't realize you're you're going to be in London right. in November. Yeah, I'll be there next month. Yep. Yeah, cool, man. I look forward to seeing yeah, you all. That's, um, be a cool tour. Yeah, tell, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm I'm bringing I'm bringing a present for your dad. Um, uh, oh, cool. I've, I've been, yeah, I've been meaning to for a while. Um, but I really, look, I really enjoyed the, um, I really enjoyed the, uh, the chat we had with um, all three of us when the first album came out, and it yeah, was, yeah, um, and, and and it was really getting the second album. I was like, how are these guys going to recreate that fucking <laughs> cauldron in the middle of the desert, you know, and that just that yeah. weird place in time that that first album was? How did this one come about? Uh, you know, it was a similar experience. You know, I mean, it was, it was building upon the sound of the first record um you know so we just we wanted to keep it in that crusty death metal thrash mix-up kind of thing um but you know obviously we didn't want it to be redundant so we wanted to take some new approaches to the songs you know different song structures different vocal approaches and um you know we had a different drummer on this record as well you know so it was it was you know similar process to the original one um, you know, I had a bunch of riffs ready. I had probably over a hundred videos of riffs on my phone. And, uh, you know, we started demoing them. We started putting them together well over a year and a half ago. Uh, maybe even two years ago was as long as we started working on it. Um, you know, so just piecing things together, making demos. And, uh, you know, eventually I wrote like 90% of the lyrics once the songs were done. And, uh, you know, this one took a little bit of a different turn is less political it's a little more psychological and uh dives more into mental health and things like that 
Um, but you know, I think it still fit, fits with the rest of the record. And I think we did a, you know, even better job than the first one. I think this one's a little more aggressive, a little bit faster, a little bit angrier, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd agree. Yeah, I'd agree with you on all of that. Yeah. I agree with you on all of that. And I also think, I also think it's kind of, you, 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 you've stepped up a level um, there yeah. with the, with, 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 not just with the songwriting, not with just the aggressiveness and the speed, but just the whole, all the, the overall whole sound is, is more cohesive. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's one of those things when you're making a band, uh, you know, your first record, you're still kind of figuring things out. You know, you're, you're kind of like, all right, this is the sound we want. Let's go for it. And then you do that record and then it comes time for another one. And you're like, all right, well, this is what we want to do different this time. And, you know, it's a learning process or at least that's the way I look at it. You know, you're learning each time you do a record. And, you know, yeah, exactly. This one was no different. We took the ideas of the first one, but cleaned it up a little bit and, um, you know, just dialed in the tones a little bit differently and and yeah got the drum sound a little bit uh in my opinion the drums are more clean on this record um in a in a good way though you know it's still really raw unhinged stuff but uh you can hear the drums a little bit better you can hear the bass a little bit better and um yeah i mean songwriting wise i think we just we we figured out the the pocket we wanted to be in you know what i mean and uh it was very natural. I'll say that we actually we wrote this one a bit more naturally than the first one. Uh, right. You know, like I said, there was a lot of figuring out on the first one that we perfected on this one. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of it kind of feels like that as well. There's an element, and I don't know if it's just me, but to me, there's an element of on this album where it's kind of like it doesn't matter what the vibe of the song is, we're we're fucking doing it. You know, yeah, definitely. It's it's just like just just get it if it's good it goes in. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and uh, that's where I was saying it was a bit more natural. You know, when we were writing these, um, there wasn't you know there wasn't many drafts that we went through. Uh, some of these songs were the the first draft that we came up with ended up being what went on the record. And yeah, so that was definitely a little different. You know, I think the first one we went through three or four different versions of most of the songs before we actually settled on them um where you know this one was just really authentic it really came together in the right way and we weren't really forcing it you know that was a big thing about it too it was it was very much like you said uh if this song has more of a punk crust punk kind of vibe then that's what yeah. ended up on the record if this one has more of a groovy death metal you know like like carcass or bull thrower then that wound up on the record and you know it was exactly it was just you know we'd work on one song once it was done move on to the next one and um it, it was it was really easy I, I think because of the you know just the mental i guess outlook we were going into the record with and you know what we wanted to achieve we were very precise about what we wanted and it you know it took some working out but once we were knocking them down it was just one after the other you know and yeah. uh that that was cool you know i like when a, there's nothing more satisfying than a record naturally coming together without too much forcefulness it, you know too much of a headache it, it's nice when things just come together the way you want them to uh without it feeling like you're you know completely just pushing yourself to do it you know it was it was just coming yeah. out of us like like sweat or blood or you know <laughs> something like that's that, awesome you know? i'm 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 all about that man i'm all about that i think personally i think it's like uh, we there's there's a song on an album we released in 1989 and i can't stand it to this day because it was a song we tried to save yeah. and to me to me it needed putting out of its fucking misery you know, it's it, yeah, it, it's probably. like if you're feeling it, you're feeling it and everything's working. And sometimes, yeah, you can save songs and you can get a, you can yeah. get a you can get a satis sense of satisfaction. Like, wow, you know, we, we, we finally got there. I'm not afraid of hard work. But by the same token, the best ones are always the ones that just fall out your fucking head. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a it's kind of a boundaries thing, you know, uh, Sometimes you do have to change some things here and there. And, and sometimes as 
especially once you get into the studio, you know, sometimes you have ideas um, while you're jamming in the practice space that make a lot more sense than when it comes time to record them. Sometimes you go to record something and you realize the tempo is weird or the timing doesn't really make sense or, or maybe the riff is too similar to something else. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, I think there's a level, you know, there, there's, we're fixing this to turns into we're, we're making Frankenstein out of this, you know, <laughs> that's putting, a great way of putting it. You know, we're pre- exactly. We're putting together pieces of a body that don't go together kind of thing. Um, and, and yeah, you know, I, I actually, I, you know, I think we even, we wrote more songs than ended up on the record. Um, there's 10 songs on the record. I think we had 13 or something when we were actually demoing. Um, so, you know, it was cool because we had a, we had a lot of music to pick through and a lot of songs to choose from, you know, and it, it did take some deliberate, you know, calculation to figure out which ones we wanted to do. Uh, you know, maybe we, we took this one out of the mix because, one of the riffs wasn't exactly there or um yeah. you know one of them a little more generic sounding this one was a little more experimental and weird and uh i mean that's big for me you know i like all my stuff to be a little off the wall and a little bit um unsuspecting you know i, I don't like people to be able to know where the songs where the album is going to go uh, i like it to be surprising and um you know, so yeah, it, it was definitely a natural, natural selection kind of thing, I guess you could say, um, you know, and, and yeah, yeah, exactly. It, there was no, there was no really sense of, um, you know, let's save this. It was definitely, uh, you know, I mean, there was challenging parts. There was stuff we had to figure out. There were maybe some minor changes we had to do here and there. Um, but for the most part, the songs were stayed very similar to the demo and stayed um true to the you know the core of what we were going for you know and yeah. that's something i'm proud of because that can be can be hard to accomplish that on every record you know some of them are some of them are harder than others you know but this was actually uh this was a very fluent easy writing and recording process for sure and and that leads to that leads to for my my side of things a very easy very fluent listening process as well you know so yeah. like there, there there was i can't remember which song it was but i was listening i was like this this is a punk tune this is basically like this is a this is like an app but i was like but it it totally fits you know yeah it, 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 you know it, it just it, there's i don't know they just you just managed to get a sound and a and a vibe and there's kind of it, it's hard to put your finger on whether it's an attitude whether it's a vibe but um if you can if you can come across to the listener like look you know this is enjoyable this is fun to do i swear it comes through the speakers yeah you know it's a it's a it's a cohesive thing and and you know yeah i i think i think mixing up genres is something that could be done more than people realize um you know especially with punk and metal um i mean i know there's a lot of division between the fan bases and i know there's there's a lot of punks that don't really dive into metal and i know there's a lot of metal heads that don't really dive into punk um but to me those have always been um kind of two sides of the same coin thing where you know you wouldn't have had metal without punk and then there's a lot of cool crossover punk that you wouldn't have had without metal and those bands that would splice those two together always really stood out to me because, um, you know, they weren't, they weren't, they didn't care about people judging them. They didn't care about the different scenes maybe clashing. Um, and, you know, I mean, I truthfully, I got into like the Ramones and bad brains before I ever was really even into metal. You know, I was a, little skateboarding uh, teenager when I was getting into music you know so punk was really relevant to me um but it also it did open the door to more extreme stuff like thrash and death metal eventually and you know to me those early death metal bands had a lot of hardcore influences and had a lot of d beats and um you know like crust influences 
Uh, so, you know, it's funny to me in my brain, it, it doesn't seem that weird to have a, uh, you know, grindcore death metal song followed by a total punk swingy kind of thing. Um, because yeah. those are all influences of each other. They're all, you know, they're simultaneously changing the scenes, whether or not people realize it. And, uh, you know, I, I've always thought it was cool to have mixed bills on a show. I've always thought, you know, I mean, even yeah. even my folks back in the day, they did uh, the New Titans on the Block, which was sick of it all, a hardcore band, you know, Napalm Death, a grindcore band, Sacred Reich, a thrash band, and then Sepultura headlining when they were getting into kind of a groove metal type thing. And to me, to have four different genres of bands on the same tour and get four different crowds in the in the same venue um it might turn a little crazy there might be a couple fights and a couple things here and there but i think for the most part people can enjoy it and um yeah you know i also think just when you stick into into one pocket of music too much it can get a little boring it can get a little stale um you know it, it can be a great album but maybe a little just mediocre you know and to me mixing those genres is what's going to keep it fresh and um, keep people unsuspecting and yeah. make it generally more enjoyable for the listener. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to name bands. I'm not here to stir the pot or talk shit, but certain albums you get five songs into, if it's been the same through those five songs, it's safe to assume the last five songs are probably going to be the same, you know? And um, that's kind of, that defeats the purpose to me a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, I, I think as a create as a creative type of person, an artist, a musician, whatever you want to call it, you know, um, it's it's my job to keep people surprised and excited and into what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, the best way to do that is to to take your influences from lots of different areas and don't, you know, don't put a limit on what you can do. Don't put yourself into a box. Just um write stuff that you would like to listen to and you know as as long as the the lyricism and the you know certain things go together well that's really what matters more than anything you know i, I dude you absolutely to you know j just summed it up you're absolutely right um and and the thing is i don't identify um go and die as i don't identify it as a project identify it as a, a as a band in its own right but if you'd said to me what are you expecting from the new album i would have been like i i i don't know i don't know and 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 then getting the new album i'm like yeah i didn't know what to expect great <laughs> I, I was right i didn't know i didn't yeah. know i was getting i was getting this um but those those mixing of genres i think it's you've got to have that defined sound do you know what i mean in, in in the first place otherwise it sounds like you're you know you're trying to appropriate music from here and from there and let's try a bit of this and try a bit of that but if you already have that sound as a band that means you can dip into those genres not you know not everyone's lucky enough well not lucky enough but not, not nobody's not everyone has that in their you know in their arsenal as it were you know but yeah, you guys yeah. are just able to just you know swim right in definitely and that's that's the other side of things where um yeah exactly mixing things up too much um it, it might take away some of the consistency of the album um you know it might it might make it seem a little too all over the place you know yeah um, yeah, yeah. That, that's just as much of a problem as it being boring you know being too spastic can be um yeah you know, oh these guys these guys don't know what they want to be they don't know what they want to do you know you get all that exactly. shit thrown at you um but like i said you know i i think uh I, I think where we were able to kind of pull it off and get the sound correct um was the fact that these are very they're cohesive genres and um, it's it's not as if we tried mixing, uh, you know, jazz with grindcore or, um, you know, crust punk with uh, dance music. You know, there's certain things that I, I think would exactly be a little too weird to put together or too <laughs> strange, yeah. too all over the place, you know. Um, 
but that's the thing is uh sorry i was just closing the door um <laughs> it was uh you know it is one of those things where i think because of the influences they have quite a bit in common to begin with yeah uh you know so it, and you know a big thing with with this band is i think the vocal approach uh you know i sing and my dad sings and we actually have kind of similar voices you do um, yeah doing the lows and the highs and everything in between sometimes people can't really even tell which one of us it is that singing um you know and i think that gives it a bit of consistency and uh you know the the riffs you know i came up with a lot of the riffs um you know my writing style is is different than my dad's and than max's you know and i think that might be what some people are hearing you know because it is a it is a max cavalera band and he has you know he has his place in it and he does contribute to the to the recording um but you know the majority of it is mine and i'm a much different songwriter than him and i'm into quite a bit of different stuff uh that that i've gotten him into over the years but it wasn't exactly his cup of tea you know um especially stuff like sludge and and more psychedelic stuff like that you know very big into music like that so you know i, I think a lot of people are hearing this and they're hearing max and they're like oh this is awesome but it's very different and um you know I, it'll take some time you know uh but i think people will start to realize that that's my writing style and that's my recording style um that's making this a little bit strange or or unexpected to people that are fans of soulfly or fans of cavalier conspiracy um you know it's much different than both of those bands and yeah. i think that's because i'm just i'm a different songwriter I, i'm a little bit of a weirdo i'm kind of like <laughs> um let's just let's just make noise on this part or um you know let's have a let's have a random uh let's have a random sample in the middle of the song to just completely come out of left field and confuse people, you know? And, and those are things I like to do. Cause I, uh, like I said, you know, I was, I was very big into the sludge and um, psychedelic side of metal as well as the fast aggressive stuff. Um, you know, so that, that shines through a little bit on this record and even a little bit on the first one, um, you know, it's just that I, I like to uh, experiment. I like to get really weird. And um, to me, that's the fun part about being in the studio is coming up with those weird parts and um, those experiments where we don't know how it's going to come out, but we're going to try it. And hopefully it's cool, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, rinse and repeat. Try that for each song and try these different weird chords and, and dissonant things and, and, you know, discordant riffs and things like that. And, um, let's let's see what we come up with. You know, let's push the uh, push the envelope a little bit on this one. Someone said to me, you know, what you know, Max Max is on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what does it sound? Like? I said, well, if you want a reference, the closest thing it sounds to me, this album, the closest things that it sounds like that Max has ever done is more Nail Bomb than anything else. Definitely, because yeah. it, it, it kind of feels, and I'm, I, you know, I'm not kissing your ass here, okay. But it kind of feels like all those years later, that's the vibe I got from it. Now, also, maybe the samples helped as well, because I did want to get on to, like, you know, the, the intros and the use of samples and stuff, which is something that goes on a little bit in, in Nail Bomb. But that was, you know, that was the only reference point that I could that I could really kind of come up with. Yeah, and I, I don't think that Nail Bomb is necessarily a bad one. Um, it's It's definitely one of my favorite records that my dad has done. And it's definitely one of the most experimental things that he's ever done, which I think is something that exactly shares in common with this. Um, but they, the, you know, Nail Bomb definitely had uh, a crust influence on it as well. You know, it had a very punk um, attitude and exterior. And, um, you know, that's that's definitely a, a good observation, in my opinion, compared to Nail Bomb. Um, especially if we're talking things that, you know, he's actually worked on, you know, that's a, that's a very relatable record, um, you know, but on that, that same coin, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that was Alex Newport working with him and uh, Fudge Tunnel is like one of my favorite bands of all time uh, that they actually have a huge influence on my guitar playing and writing style and everything. And, um, 
you know so yeah there, there's definitely some of that that bled through and with the samples and everything like that you know um that there is a a relatability to that record um especially with the you know the kind of offensive album covers and um <laughs> yeah you know no fucks given about the song titles and um you know it's a it's a little explicit for sure you know but that's what we were going for that's the way and that's the way music should be man other people can censor you you can't censor yourself exactly you know and it's it's got to be authentic to you as well as to the listener and um you know if you don't mean it when you're recording it it's not gonna mean it when people listen to it and uh you know that's yeah that's a big thing for me is put your emotions into it put your all uh you know be as creative as you can come up with original stuff and um you know even if it's not reinventing the wheel uh at least have your heart in it and have put your all into it you know not everything has to be uh you know, groundbreaking and revolutionary, you know, uh, you can still make a good record, even if it doesn't, you know, shatter the everybody's realm of knowledge or what, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can still make a great record in an old style or whatever, but you just need to put your all, your all into it, put your heart into it. And, um, you know, if you're screaming, if you're a vocalist, then you need to scream like you mean it. And yeah. you know what I mean? And, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. You know, that, that's one of those things, you know. It's 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 authentic, and uh, you know, when people hear it, they'll be able to tell that. Oh, it, it, yeah, authentic is is right, you know, right throughout this album. Um, as regards the um, the use of electronics, like you know, the it, you know, there's a lot of intros as well, and yeah. bits and pieces. Was that were they? I'm interested. Um, you know, I'm I'm a lyricist and a singer, so I'm always like jotting things down, you know, squirreling them away, as I'm sure you do yourself. But by the same token, there's like, have you got your ear out for little samples here and there? And you're like, so you've got your lyric book of ideas and then you've got your like, you know, samples over here. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's all everything's kind of planned to some degree. Um you know, the samples usually come in once the lyrics are written um, because, you know, I, I like the sample to have something to do with the song. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they they need to have context with each other. Um, so, yeah, you know, that that was definitely once the demos were done and we we had the lyrics, we knew the song titles, um, the you know, the themes, the content is there. That was kind of when we started deciding, like, OK, let's maybe put this here. Um, let's put that there. Let's, you know, sequence this thing up. And that was the other thing about it too, is I kind of, I wanted the record to play, uh, without really stopping in between the songs. So almost every song has, you know, some type of feedback out noises that come in. It, it makes it this nice flowing thing. And, um, you know, that, that was actually something I had from, from years ago, working with a label that, messed with the track listing and changed the track listing after we recorded um which you know i get it it's a business sometimes you have to play ball sometimes you have to let the label make some decisions but um i you know that's actually been a little bit of a sneaky way of me to to keep the keep the tracks in order the way i see them and, and tell the story the way that i kind of picture it in my head is to sequence it up without stopping so that if they do put it out of order. It's not going to sound nice. right, you know? Yeah. Well, well, funnily, it's funny you should say that. It's funny you should say that because I was going to ask you because I know somebody in a band, again, no names, um, but their label, they did a similar to you. And what, their, and what their label did, they didn't do it on the vinyl, but they did it on the CD and they did it um, on the album if you bought the digital album which yeah. was they put the intro to the next track as being on the end of oh, okay. so and so and their theory was when they get when they got caught the band like you fucking did what without our permission and they said right. well basically the idea yeah, exactly yeah the idea is that people want to listen to the music and they don't want to hear all the all that like talking and all that bits and pieces. So if they're listening to a song and when the talking comes in, they can skip, they can skip it and the next song will start. And it's like, yeah, but that's oh, not yeah. 
that's not where the fucking song starts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, so yeah, it's a real thing, and you, yeah, that was not going to happen to your album. Yeah, you know, and and sometimes, like I said, you know, you have to, uh, you have to play ball sometimes, you know. And thankfully, I will say, Nuclear Blast has been very cool to work with, and they've been very um, appreciative of my creative process. And, um, you know, the, the, the label that did change a record is not the one I'm on now. Um, just to clear <laughs> that up, you know, so there's no stuffiness in the air about it. Um, but, you know, yeah, you know, it's, it, it is one of those things where you got to try to keep a balance as an artist. Um, you know, you, you obviously, you want to, you want to supply them with what they want. You know what I mean? Obviously they signed your band because they liked this style they want you to continue making this stuff in this way and that's cool i get it you know but at the same time it's like i need to feel like i'm putting my all into it you know i need to feel like i'm doing something that um i'm going to be proud of you know and something that it is not going to turn into um you know kind of corporate creation a little bit you know yeah. this band kind of we we we're talking shit on a lot of stuff like that. And we're actually um, hating on it a bit, you know, being too formulaic and being, uh, you know, just a, a planted thing that sprouts up, you know, there's no, where's the, uh, you know, where's the blood and sweat? Like I said earlier, you know, yeah. where's all of that, you know, and that's important to me. And, you know, yeah. So it's, it's a balance between, you know, you, you do need to work with the label and if you work together, it'll, do better for the record um but at the same time you know keep your creative identity and keep your um sound and what you're true to you know it, it's it's a it's a fine line you know what i mean yeah and you're not always happy and maybe the label's not always happy but you try to meet in the middle and work together and and do the best job that you can you know and yeah. I, I will say that that nuclear has been very cool about everything on uh both of these records you know it's been fun to work with them. speaking of which um are um are you going to be able to get out and tour this second album uh yeah we're actually we're already making plans um you know like i said we're doing this cavalier you know morbid visions thing right now yeah uh, we do europe but you know holidays come after that nobody tours during holidays um you know that's everybody's time off for the year but uh, yeah, starting early next year, um, I would think by the end of January, I believe we already have a U.S. tour booked. Um, so it's going to start there. We're going to do full 50 states, you know what I mean, whatever. And then, uh, you know, hopefully by next summer, we'll be going over to Europe and the U.K. And, um, you know, hopefully do a worldwide thing, go to South America, um, you know, maybe Japan, Australia, get over to those areas. Because um, this band has never played, you know, and it's music that is better live in my opinion you know it's it's more aggressive it's more uh yeah. in your face and pissed off when you see it live um so yeah there definitely is plans and they're they're already kind of coming together um you know it's just a it's a juggling act that we all do being in multiple bands um yeah. you know you juggle this band and then when that's coming down you throw the next one up and then you know it's a cycle kind of thing um but yeah you know so we're, we're definitely we're gonna go hard with this album next year and and hopefully bring it everywhere oh that'd be awesome man and you you kind of you, yeah you're you're step ahead of me there really because it must be difficult jugg juggling all all the projects it gets crazy you know it, it definitely gets a little uh you know you have to know how to prioritize certain things um you know, you, you have to know when to switch gears into each project and how to use your time wisely. Um, because, yeah, you know, but between this, uh, you know, I'm doing Cavalera, I'm playing bass. And then, you know, guitar and vocals with Go Ahead and Die, guitar and vocals in a band called Healing Magic. Um, I have a fourth unreleased project that is still in the recording process. And, uh, you know, I'm basically always working on something. Um, you know, I wonder and, where and, you get and, that from. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think from my old man and them, you know, they're definitely. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, 
but it's also it's also just all the different stuff that I listen to and all the different ideas that I have and uh you know the fact that I would go kind of crazy if I didn't let them out and do something with these ideas you know um yeah it it would drive me up the wall if I just held all this in you know so it's one of those things where if I'm working on stuff all the time it keeps me satisfied it keeps me happy about what I'm doing and happy with my life you know yeah, um, but at the same time, yeah, it's definitely difficult. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, it's like, ah, oh, we need to do a recording with this band, but we won't have the time until this month. But then that month, this guy's going to be gone, and we need to figure out, you know, when can all of us get together, type thing. And uh, you know, that can definitely get tough. But we do a pretty good job. We have a lot of experience, you know, and the the not only on the writing side, but the, you know, the business and the scheduling and planning side of things, um, you know, that all runs in the family as well. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's a constant thing, you know, it's just constant planning and constant scheduling, but uh, I'm excited about all of it, you know, whether I'm playing bass with Cavalera or, um, you know, guitar and singing for go ahead and die or anything in between, um you know i'm happy to be doing it and it's it's all projects that i love and it's all music that i love to to create and play live you know so it's never uh you know the the, the challenge is accepted you know it's never <laughs> something that i don't want to do <laughs> yeah absolutely man you're living the dream you're living the dream i mean it, you it's know it's, it, it's it's fucking great <laughs> because you know i know you've put the work in and you know you you don't get to do what you're doing unless you're fucking good enough you know and there's a the yeah. there the, the will be people who'll be like oh well you know uh he's got that name it's nothing to do with it ultimately if yeah. you ain't good enough you ain't good enough yeah you know and it, it really it comes down to to putting the work in and um, you know, when yeah. I started guitar, when I was, I started when I was, you know, 12 or 13 or so, I wasn't good. I didn't know <laughs> how to play. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, born with the ability to play. Um, you know, I was never a vocalist. I, I wasn't taught how to do vocals. Um, you know, I was a pissed off teenager and nobody else wanted to sing. So I said, I would do it. You know, everybody else was scared. <laughs> Everyone was scared to get on the mic. That was my experience as well, man. I, I, the first time I first time I went, I auditioned for a band, right? Um, I I saw them the following day. I said, "Well, so how was it?" And they goes, "Well, we were all a bit kind of sort of taken aback." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And they said, "Well, we've had three singers down. You're the fourth, but you're the you're the first one who's actually sung." Yeah, I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, you know exactly, and that, and that's the thing is, it's not. You're never going to go into this stuff being perfect at it already, you know, and even, you know, yeah. I if I was, you know, if I was any anyone's son, um, you know, any, you know, musician's kid, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be a musician yourself. And yeah. uh, even more than that, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be a good one. Um, <laughs> oh man, the one the ones I feel sorry for are the sports stars, you know, those like fucking mega stars, and then their kids come along and do the same sport, and they're like clearly not as good. It's one of those things where you know people are always probably going to assume things about me, and you know I've I've gotten pretty much used to it at this point. It doesn't really bother yeah. me, you know. If, if you want to judge me, go ahead, man, but. You know, a better way to judge me is to just listen to my music and listen to the stuff that I make and um, watch an interview that I do. See me talk, see what I, you know, see who I am as a person. And that's going to tell you more uh, about me than my last name. You know, that's a mate that that's that's a really awesome statement. That is a really awesome statement. And is there is is that is there a little bit of that behind this album? And is that, you know, is is there a little bit of kind of I'm going to fucking make my mark? Yeah, I mean, I think naturally and, and you know, no matter what my last name was, um, I would want my record to be a punch in the face and and really catch people off guard, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it is something that I've dealt with. You know, it is definitely something that, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a shadow for me, you know, uh, trying to uh, trying to not only be a musician, but to exceed these 
um, drastic expectations that people have of me because of who my family is, you know. If, that have been placed on you. You haven't placed them on you. Yeah, I was going to say, if anything, it sets the standard even higher than somebody that doesn't have the those type of shoes to fill. Um, you know, but that's why it's it's always just been very important to me to do things that I want to do. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that if I had come out with a band that sounded just like Beneath the Remains, or, you know, one of my dad's most famous records like that, um, you know, just as many people would hate it as they would love it, you know, yeah. and and to me, that wouldn't that wouldn't be fulfilling to just follow um, a sound and style that that he did, that my dad did. You know what I mean? That, that that's never been my vision was to just fill his shoes. It was to fill my own shoes and. Um, you know, that's why, like I said, I'm in a lot of different bands, uh, you know, go ahead and die is its own thing. I'm in a band called healing magic, which is a psychedelic doom sludge kind of band. Um, you know what I mean? Very, very slow and, and, and grimy sounding, you know, and, and that's why I, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do, regardless of what people are going to think, you know, and, and. Um, you know, even even playing in a doom band, which, you know, I mean, my dad's never done doomy stuff. He's never done slow and sludgy. Even playing that, I'll still get people who compare that to Max, you know, and I'm kind of like, are you are you listening <laughs> to the same bands or, you know, are you just yeah, you know, are you just saying that because of who I am? And you realize, yeah, they're probably just saying that because of who I am, you know, and, and it's it's OK. You know, I don't expect everybody to. uh be conscious of that or whatever you know but yeah you know on this yeah. album it's definitely like i need to show people what i can do and i need to you know even though i'm working with my dad on it um it's it's kind of my baby a little bit and i'm making the final decisions on it and i'm making the um you know kind of i guess you could say executive decisions or whatever you want to call it on the record um you know, so I, I think it it will be good. And I think, you know, people will start to recognize me as my own thing. And um, like I said earlier, they'll start to notice that this is my sound as a songwriter and as yeah. a you know, producer, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, sometimes it just takes time. You know, sometimes it takes uh, decades of doing this stuff to to put your mark on the planet, you know, and I'm I'm willing to do that. Yeah, it's like yeah, I, yeah. It, it basically, um, you're a ten a ten year overnight sensation. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Could take ten years. Could take twenty. Could take a hundred. Who knows? You know. But <laughs> I hope I'll uh, I'll I'll do it regardless because I love I love creating and to me that's what's important. You know, is is just being happy about it and being um, excited about what you're creating and not losing that drive. Yeah, and and it strikes me that um, the it, it strikes me that you've also got kind of like the different kinds of music that you're playing, very different, very different vibes, very different grooves, come from a very different place, um, and you've also spoken about how you know you just you want to be on it, producing stuff and everything else, and is that kind of so? Does that musical scape of different vibes is that is that kind of a is that kind of tied to sort of mental health as well? Because what you were saying and I was interested in was about, you know, expressing who you are and how you feel and being able to travel in all those different musical worlds means that you can communicate different emotions and different ways of how you feel maybe a lot easier than somebody stuck in, in, in one band. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I get to, yeah, you know, I get to express myself in every different way that I can think of. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, diving into the mental health, you know, the, the, this album, it's a lot of just my own feelings. You know, I'm a, I'm a human being just like anyone else with a full range of emotions, you know, everything from, um, you know, intense highs to intense lows and everything in between, you know, I go through it just like anybody does. And, um, you know, yeah, that, that was definitely something that was kind of showcased on this record was, um, the the lows of depression and and self-loathing and feelings like that all the way to the feelings of being manic and you know hyper focused on things and then you know everything in between anger anxiety 
um, fear, you know, fear is a big one. You know, that's an emotion that most of us deal with and it shines through on this record, you know, and that's very cool to me that we can hit all these different topics and talk about these things um, from an honest point of view with no, uh, you know, no, no gimmicky filter in the way of it. Just a couple of pissed off dudes talking about how pissed off they are, you know, and um, but, you know, that that also brings me to, to like my next point is just, you know, any emotion can be conveyed realistically. Um, you know, I think metal just happens to coincide with some of those more negative feelings. Um, and that's yeah. kind of the way it's always been, you know, especially for metal and punk. You know, it's it's derived from, um, you know, it's derived from anger. It's derived from distrust of the government and the system and people who control us. Um, you know, it was it was born out of people's negativity trying to do something positive with their negativity um but any emotion can be conveyed authentically you know if you hear yeah. if you listen to old 70s funk they were happy that makes you happy when you listen to it it's infectious yeah. it rips yeah. you you know um you know love songs you can really tell when someone's truly feeling that what they're singing um and i mean i listen to quite literally everything you know i i listen to hip-hop i listen to country i listen to goth i listen to synth wave i listen to electronic music um you know i i there's not a genre of music that i can't appreciate and can't find some authenticity to it you know and that was a big thing for me you know is realizing that no matter what emotion you're putting on the record just do it with feeling and do it you know with those intentions very clear in your mind while you're doing it um you know, this is a sad song. This is a angry song. This is an uplifting song. You know, um, maybe when I do my funk project one day, it'll be the happiest stuff I've ever made. You know, yeah. Um, but that's <laughs> let's, you know, that's let's hope so. <laughs> you know, that's just what's important to me. You know, is is the the authentic display of emotions, and you can tell yeah. they're not faking it, no matter what the yeah. message is. Well, um, any any writers, any writer's advice, you know, somebody who's just, you know, writes books, plays, films, whatever. The the first piece of advice everybody gives you is write what you know. Mm -hmm. And you and we know nothing better than ourselves. Exactly. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a writer as well. Uh, actually, you know, outside of music, my um, I mean, I call it more of a hobby because I'm not making any money off of it yet. But I, I write horror novels then you start making you know? money of it it stops being a hobby and then people start exactly. putting pressure on you for shit some yeah, things are know. nice to have as a hobby and it changes you know but but writing actually is a, a huge thing for me um i actually uh put two of my books out uh i self-published them through uh create space it's called um but i mean that was a huge thing for me too you know is the like making a book authentic making a story mm. authentic um and to me you know horror like dudes like clive barker and uh stephen king and stuff like that i mean to me that was like the metal of of books of yeah right yeah absolutely stuff like that you know and yeah um so for me i mean that that was a huge influence as well was was horror and uh you know scary stories you know that that was a big part of my childhood was getting into stuff like that um as well as music and and yeah exactly i mean what whatever the whatever the creative you know outlet is just yeah write it with you know truth or at least your idea of the way it should be you know and the and the yeah. way that you want it to be and you know at the end of the day it's about you know am i satisfied with it you know i mean millions of people could love it but if i don't love it what does it matter you know and absolutely you know, that's that's just the way that I approach it. And that's the way I'll continue to approach it, you know. Yeah. And um, when you're on the road, do you get a chance to listen to podcasts at all? Oh, yeah. Once in a while, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm going to recommend one to you. Not mine. OK, um, <laughs> but one of my one of my good friends um, has a podcast called A Year in Horror. And okay. dude, there is so much to go at. He covers every nice. year 
from the 60s randomly so you'll have like 90s then 70s and he'll cover the year each individual and what he watches every horror film he can find from that year creates the lists the top tens you've got about four hours of podcasts a month the the amount of work that he puts in is amazing and funnily this funnily enough this week uh, we got to go to the um, the premiere of the new Hammer Horror um, uh, movie, Doctor Jekyll, oh, starring Ed, Eddie Izzard, right. um, which which was Good. yeah that was yeah. that that was a trip, man. That was an absolute trip. But um, I just thought of you traveling across the desert all those hours, a year in horror. Honestly, mate, you've got oh, you the, yeah. There's just like hours and hours there, and if and if horror's your bag, it properly he properly goes like really deep into it. Oh, that's perfect. And yeah, I mean, we always need distractions on tour. Um, you always need something to take your mind off of being in a vehicle for 50 straight <laughs> days, you know? Yeah. Um, no, that's good. That's very cool. I'll have to check that out. And yeah, yeah, no worries, man. The huge, huge deal for me, um, you know, movies, books, and poems, everything in between. You know what I mean? I, I enjoy it all. You know, I, yeah. I really... I'm a consumer as much as a creator, you know, as, as much as I, uh, you know, a lot of people don't take pride in being consumers, but if it's consuming art, I take a lot of pride in that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. Also, the thing with art is it, 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 I, I'm the kind of guy that like, if I'm going to buy something, I'll do the fucking research and I'll know exactly yeah. what it is I'm going for. And then I can walk into an art gallery, a gallery that I, I didn't even know I was going to visit. I was just walking past. And uh, and now I've walked out and put a deposit down on a fucking huge piece of art. Yeah, you know, seriously, that just happened. <laughs> that's you know, sad. yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's what happens. It. You know, it's not it, like we were saying about consuming. You don't, you know, you don't go out. I'm going to buy some art today. No, no, it finds yeah. you. It grips you exactly. You know, and and at the end of the day, you're supporting an artist to to keep making art and. um you know, that's that's another argument, even with music, you know, um, success in music is a very touchy thing, you know, and it, to me, I never really understood that. You know, I wanted all the bands I listened to 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 be successful. I I I hate the idea of this musician working a retail job or being a bartender or, or, or working construction, you know, manual labor when they have this talent for art, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I mean, I'd say 90% of musicians, um, do have a job that they hate that they do when they go home. And, um, I do it myself. I was, I was a delivery driver. I was delivering chicken tenders for the last year. You know, that's, that's what I did to make ends meet in between a tour. And I hated it. And so <laughs> yeah. to me, the, you know, the success is not something that should be, criticized so hard uh, these people work for years to get success and yeah um you know why you know to me why is it any different than um you know if, if you know somebody who opens a restaurant and the restaurant becomes very successful um nobody criticizes them nobody gives them shit for it nobody calls them a sellout yeah. <laughs> restaurant yeah. so you can make money and it's like well you know i hate money and i hate capitalism as much as the next guy but i live in this world and i need to pay bills and i need to do this so if i can make money by doing music that's going to make me a lot happier than delivering pizzas or selling clothes in a retail store or working for a corporation that doesn't give a shit about me you know what i I mean it's going to make you it's going to make you a better person and it's going to make you a better person to be around no, exactly. And that's why, you know, I'm I'm rooting for everybody I know that's doing music. I'm I'm supportive of all of my friends that are doing it and, and all the bands that I listen to. I try to buy their stuff. I try to support them. Whatever's the most direct way to give them money, I'll give them money, you know, because it's it's that's part of it. You got to support each other and you have to uh, look at it as a community you know, every scene, every city is its own community. And, um, you know, if you're not involved in it and you're not helping out everybody else and you're just helping yourself, what does that say about you? You know, and, uh, you know, like like I said, it's it's my dream that 
all my friends could pay their bills with music. And it's my dream that all my friends don't have to work these jobs that they hate and do stuff that, that grinds them to the ground, you know? And, um, you yeah. know, everybody might not agree with that, but that's my way of looking. Cause I know as an artist, how maddening it is to just want to create, but you don't have the funds to go in the studio. You don't have the funds to go on the road you're freaking out because you're like, wow, we got this offer for a tour, but I don't know how we're going to pay for it. You know, um, that that's a that's a terrible feeling for anybody to have to go through and to uh, give up on their dream. Some people do because yeah. because it it's so hard to break through, you know, and that's why I just I try to be so supportive and be, you know, as as much as I put into my own bands, I try to be there and buy shit and go to shows and and support people that i know you know because yes yeah. like i said you know that'd be a dream for everybody to just do art you know just do what they love dude i there, i was i saw a guy at a market and he was making battle jackets and yeah. he liked my t-shirt and i was wearing an acid rain t-shirt at the time and i was like oh cool you know it, it had um uh something to do with evil dead on it and he was like, oh, like, yeah. cool shirt. And I was like, oh, the Evil Dead. And he was like, oh, the band as well. And I was like, oh, cheers. That's my band. He's like, oh, right, cool, right. So I followed him on Instagram and he followed us. And then two days later, I got a merch order from him for one of our T-shirts. Now, he made the um, the battle jackets. He was making them out of old yeah. T-shirts that he chopped up. So he bought it. So I sent him two. I sent him one. Cool. Thank, yeah. thank you very much. And here's one to fuck up and turn into a battle jacket and sell on your store. Yeah. Because we got to help each other out. Exactly. You know, yeah. I made I, I made a little less money. Big deal. Exactly. It's but it's it's about supporting each other. And and yeah, you know, it's 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 one of those things where if people work together, you're going to get a lot farther than only looking out for yourself, you know. And there it um, is. Yeah. You know, I I, I think. Like I said, you know, I mean, down to each city and, you know, wherever you live, whatever the scene is, whatever it is, you know, support it. That's the only way that it's going to be there. And, um, you know, maybe people are less appreciative of art in the digital age. And, um, you know, maybe sometimes it seems like we're teetering on the edge of total chaos in terms of, you know, AI creating art and all this crazy technological advances. Um but I, I could guarantee you that, you know, one month without new releases and people would go crazy. Um, one year without music and without entertainment and without distraction, people would go crazy. And, um, you know, while it while there might be an abundance of it right now, there might be a day where nobody's making it because it's not possible or, you know, uh, they have technology that can create it. But, you know, to me, I guarantee that it won't last and people would realize, you know, how much they love it. And, uh, you know, an example I always use is, is, you know, imagine a life without music. So imagine a movie with no soundtrack. Imagine you go out to eat and there's no music in the restaurant. It's quiet. Yeah. It's gold. Yeah. Imagine you go for a car ride with no music. Um, you know, um, uh, imagine literally removing music from every facet of your life and then think about how much you would appreciate it and how much you would care about this if it was gone, you know? And uh, yeah. that's the way I looked at the pandemic, you know, is, is, is what got people through COVID when you were locked in your house for five months, what got you through it? It, it wasn't anything else, you know, other than having food and water, your basic needs. Um, it, it was entertainment that got people through a lot of that time. It was listening yeah. to music. It was, listening to podcasts, um, you know, communicating with other people through digital, you know, facets, you know, and that's where it's, you know, I think people could be a little more appreciative of artists and, um, you know, when an artist does get success, you know, root for them instead of yeah. trying to pull them back down and, and yeah. say, Oh, you're not underground or, Oh, you're not this or that anymore. It's like, be supportive of them. Be happy that they made it. Be happy that, you know, potentially millions of people are appreciating these very talented people and they deserve it, you know? 
And, dude, uh, I, dude, you know? you, you're singing from my <laughs> song sheet. I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't. I know you're going to get to another interview. A Year in Horror. Great podcast. Check it out, man. Yeah, and, I will, it out. and I'll see you on November the 11th in London. Awesome. Yeah, I'll see you there. And it was a pleasure to talk for sure. Always is, dude. Thanks a lot. Definitely. Thank you. Have a good one. Goodbye. Cheers. You too, man. Bye-bye. Yep. Bye. Those Cavallera kids. Yeah. They be brought up properly. That is so cool. Igor working hard delivering chicken tenders as a day job so he can still go out on tour with his dad and his uncle. Now, that is just the fucking coolest, is it not? That is just the absolute coolest. And listening to that again, it just makes me feel that, you know, all is right with the world and all is well. You know, for every Aaron Lewis, there's a Cavallera. For every Dave Mustaine, there's a Dave Grohl. Hey, I think I might have just invented a game. <laughs> so I'm going to leave you to play that amongst yourselves. And, you know, fucking like, subscribe, whatever, man. I'll catch you next time. Bye.